Really? You don't just do your quick Google and say Toronto Blue Jays and just get what the score was? They lost. Uh, 2-1. Oh, um, okay, now I can focus. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, Chris Schreier, and my wonderful co-host who has just informed me she is enjoying bachelorette hood tonight, Mandy Murphy. How are you doing, Mandy? Hey, Chris. I'm great. How are you? Good. I got that all right. Bachelorette hood, right? That, uh, that works? Uh, sure. Yeah, that works. Yep. So let me guess why it is... It's just you and the dog tonight. Is it just you and the dog or is even he gone? I've already tucked him in to bed, so it's just me now. <laughs> because Mark is either in or on his way to Philadelphia. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, is it weird to tuck in your dog, first of all? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just checking. That's yeah. what I thought. Did you go like this? Oh, Wiggly, mommy loves you so much. And give him like a little kiss on his little droopy nose. <laughs> kind of. He likes chin scratches before he goes to sleep and when he wakes up. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He won't Well, I can kind of understand that. He won't stand up in the morning with a chin scratch. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> He's spoiled. Funny. Yeah. Uh, Mark is on his way or in Philly for the Craft Brewers Conference. I was going to ask if you were going. You couldn't uh, couldn't get away? Sadly, no. i uh making uh, the sacrifice this year, staying back to uh, look after the shop and uh, a few other things that need to be taken care of here. Uh, Wrigley being one of them, but um, mm. yeah, this will be the first year that Mark's gone to the conference and I haven't, but this year it's just the, the left field brewing team. So um, Austin, Rob and Mark are uh, on route right now. I think they're spending the night in Syracuse mm. uh, and then they're going to make their way down the rest of the way in the morning. Cause it is a pretty long drive for considering it was a brew day today. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, we wish them very well. Good times. Crafters Conference, always a good time, I'm told. I've never myself been, but I know you've had some really super duper experiences at CBC. Yeah, it's the, be it's the best time. It's so much fun. Uh, and I'm sure this year will uh, will be no different. You, you've got to try to make it down one year, Chris. I know it's a, it's a huge commitment, but mm. it is a really, really great time. Really inspirational. Yeah, it, uh, I know Philly must be, this is the East Coast side, right? Because they flip year by year, east-west. Usually, not always, but usually. Mm, so it wouldn't be next year then either. But uh, if they were to do one in like uh, Rochester or Buffalo, that'd be fantastic. Or Toronto. What am I saying? It doesn't have to be in the United States. Toronto hosted, uh, I'd be all up on yeah, that. Yeah, it would, it would be in the, always in the U.S., I think. It's organized by the... The Brewers oh. Association. Yeah, fair enough. Well, maybe they should be more open-minded. Brewers next Association. Year is in Washington D.C. Oh, yeah. Well, well there you are. There you go. Anyway, uh, to all of our friends who will be annoying us by posting wonderful pictures to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and so on and so forth, consuming delicious beers in Philadelphia this weekend. You guys, be safe. Drink your rinse water. And uh, bring back some kick-ass beers for those of us who stayed behind. I kind of want to play along with Robin LeBlanc the, at the Thirsty Wench. <laughs> She's been posting already um, her, her CBC 2016 coverage. 
She says it's mostly pictures of places that look suspiciously like Toronto and like her house. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel inclined to play along with her because uh, I, I feel I feel like entirely a bit jealous uh, tonight that I'm not there. But yeah, totally. Uh, well, in the spirit of that sort of let's uh, I'm going to at least get into get into one of these guys. Oh, I just totally got beer on my microphone. So any guesses what it is that, uh, what tasty libation I just opened? Please tell me you've branched out from uh, Amsterdam this week. I, I have, although I could give you a really good hint based on my Amsterdam love, but why don't you just have a, a crack at it? You could ask for hints if you want. Is it an Ontario brewery? It is, yes. Are they a northern brewery? No, they're not. Huh, Toronto brewery? Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's not Amsterdam. And it's not Amsterdam. Great Lakes? It is Great Lakes. I was going to say, the brewers brew together more than most brewers from separate breweries. Is it an IPA? It is not an IPA. Oh. Is it a pale ale? It is a pale ale. Are you drinking Canuck? Yes, I'm drinking Canuck. <laughs> you are so predictable. Shoot. Yeah, what was that? I usually have my phone on silent, but it was nearly um, dead, so I thought it would die before it, it dinged. I'm really I, messing it up tonight. I'm sorry. You are on tonight. This yeah. is This <sighs> is fantastic. So, yes, Canuck Pale Ale, though getting back on track delicious delicious beer available at your local grocery store or at least at my local grocery store if your grocery store is local to me it's available at your grocery store you got anything going while you were watching the game heck yes i'm enjoying bachelorette life oh yeah okay so let me guess although not making a contest of it let me just try and guess uh is it a beer made by your brewery yes that does simplify things somewhat. Sigh. Should you not be giving me lip about being predictable? <laughs> I should not at all. You are drinking an Ephus. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. So you're no. not that predictable. <laughs> I'm um, uh, Maris. No, not that predictable. I uh, uh, bricks and mortar. No. Do you even have bricks and mortar in right now? I wish. No. Mm, resin bag no you're just guessing random beer names prospect i know i'm just gonna run through the catalog until i hit it wrigley no anniversary number three yes anniversary number three yeah we sold out of all the bottles this past weekend so i set some aside for a stash because i failed to do that with both bricks and mortar and sweet jesus and i regret it uh so i have my own little stash of anniversary number three and i thought why not go for the highest abv beer that we have drink an entire bottle of it to myself uh, one mark's away. So yeah, that's what's going on. So what you actually need to do, you need to drink that in the next 10 minutes and we'll have a really fun podcast. Oh, I'm almost end. done. I've been drinking it while watching the game. Oh, fantastic. Great. Okay. Giddy up. Um, okay. Mark's away. Wrigley's in bed. You got anything else going on? Anything cool to catch up on? You've been up to I'm trying to think, seen anything cool posted. We've been launching new beers. Mm-hmm. Um, Generally just doing our thing. It was Wrigley's birthday on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He's he one. He looked like a happy puppy. He never really looks too happy, let's be honest. Yeah, but, he's pretty uh, droopy. But he, he was pretty happy. He had a great day. 
got spoiled. And, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Mark and I reflected on how much joy Wrigley's brought into our lives over the past year. To him or just to each other? Like, did you sit him down and be like, I want to explain to you the things that I love about our relationship with you, my beloved little dog? I can't tell you because you're going to make fun of me. Because no, that's uh, exactly what you did. No, we were, no, we, we, we do a lot of talking while we, we walk. That's when we, that's when we do our best thinking, I, I, I'd say. And uh, we go for pretty long walks. And so Wrigley was with us. We were walking around and just talking about how nice it's been uh, the past year having him in our lives so yeah i don't i'm not gonna make fun of you for that i think that's lovely um i think it's important for couples to talk about that sort of stuff it's easy when you kind of get used to being around each other it's easy to neglect those things and so it's important to do that yeah, i feel like I dr agree. phil but it's true <laughs> uh new beers speaking of new beers i've got some new beer news sort of what's going on well you know i've been homebrewing yes well I'm part of a homebrew group on Facebook, and I would encourage anybody listening to this who is a homebrewer, if you are in the greater Toronto area or GTA, if you prefer, look up GTA Brews uh, on Facebook or on the web. A wonderful homebrew community. I've mentioned them before, I'm sure. But one of the reasons why they're so wonderful is they run periodic contests, seasonal ones, particularly where it's a limited field of what you can enter based on sort of seasonal appropriateness. And always IPAs. You can always enter an IPA, apparently. But uh, so they ran one. And like with two days notice, because I hadn't been paying attention, I realized, oh, like the, the entry cutoff is coming up. And I had a bunch of that beer to guard I made a little while back. I made the beer to guard in the Saison and I had the disaster of spilling most of the Saison. Uh, anyway, but I had a lot of the beer to guard. I thought, well, why not throw it in? I'll enter it. It's three bucks to enter. Right. Why not? So I entered it. And I won my category. I got gold. Way to go. That's awesome. I know. Now, it's a small contest. There were only four entries in my category, which was farmhouse sales. But screw that. I still beat the other three people. <laughs> I think that's more entries than some categories at the uh, Ontario Brewing Awards. So Some of the categories at the Ontario Brewing Awards did not even have three because there were empty <laughs> awards. Yes, it's true. That's a good point, actually. No, that's so... actually not. That's not how it scored. So I don't really know. I, I'm not a BJCB oh, really? judge, so I don't know um, how many... How many of the categories where they failed to actually award or they decided against awarding? Yes, that's right, because they places. can do that. There might have been extra entrance and they just said, no, that's, that one doesn't get a prize. Yeah, a beer needs to achieve a certain score for it to even that's be right. considered for a prize. So just that's because right. there are categories that had no winners doesn't mean there were no entries. But I'm just making assumptions. That is a totally good point. But anyway, uh, that's my big news. Yep. I uh, First homebrew contest I ever entered and uh, we did... Pretty good. Not best in show or anything, but we won the category, which I was pretty happy with. That's great. So good for you. So, so what, what's you. up next for uh, award awards for you? Are you... Uh... I'm going for a Grammy next, actually. Cool. For spoken word. Uh, best supporting, uh, male supporting voice in a niche category podcast. So that's that's the next one I'm, I'm aiming for. Well, I'd <laughs> argue that you're the lead... Yeah, Lead maybe. Yeah. Probably don't want to enter the supporting category. Yeah, I probably would lose that one. You're right. They'd be like, dude, just shut up every once in a while, okay? <laughs> Do you know what support means? Anyway, but no, I've been planning out uh, a friend of mine, Mike, uh, who's from up north, is coming down this weekend actually to go to a GTA Brewers meeting. And uh, 
so we're going to make a beer Saturday morning. Going to do first first time uh, trying this one, a Belgian IPA, which is really just going to be a saison with 3711 and just a lot of hops. So should should work out just fine and dandy. Do you know what kind of hops you're using? I do. It's going to be all Eldorado and Nelson. Beauty. I think I want to call it like hipster bitch slap Belgian IPA or something because it's a Belgian IPA, which is pretty cool. And it's made with Nelson and Eldorado, which are pretty cool. So it's a bit of an aggressive name, but uh... it sounds like something Jason would call a beer at Andy. Yes. Similar hipster to... bitch slap. <laughs> Potentially. Yes, I could see that. That's never going to be a left field name, eh? No, no, not exactly. Not, not, not within your uh, your genre of naming conventions. So and not as long as I'm there. <laughs> well, there you have it. Um, yeah, that's that's all I've got to catch up on. I think I uh, well, I filed my taxes on time, but I had a very chaotic weekend getting that done and working on a work thing. Uh, I just does not feel like Monday right now. It feels like, I don't know what, feels like I haven't slept enough in four days. So if I'm a little wonky tonight, my apologies. You sound, yeah, you sound pretty normal and fine to me. Well, that's good. But you've also had a 750 mil of 19% beer, so. Well, that's a bit of an exaggeration. 650 of 7, 8. That's within a rounding error. That's totally seven right. six. I can't remember the ABV of my own beer, so we know I've probably you probably had had more than I should. Fifty percent of your daily recommended intake. There you go. Hey, hey. We were talking last time about a couple of different things. Uh, pretty, pretty full episode, clocking in at just under an hour. But one of the things that we knew we were going to leave behind and save for this episode was an interesting conversation that uh, came up. And uh, do you want to frame it or should I should I take you it? You go for it. I'll jump in. OK, that's why I'm not winning best male supporting Grammy podcast. Uh, but what we were talking about was without pointing any fingers, because we all know what happens. Uh, there was a Twitter post from a brewery and it was just sexist and somewhat misogynistic and not nice. No, it wasn't so much misogynistic, but it was sexist. It was objectifying women, not nice stuff. And it was one of those things that even five years ago or more, 10 years ago or whatever, people wouldn't have even blinked at, but it's, it's not right. It's, it's wrong. Shouldn't be doing that stuff, guys. Come on. And we got talking about if breweries do stuff like that. Do you voice your displeasure or your exact wording was vote with your wallet uh, through your choice, whether or not to drink said brewery, regardless of the quality of the beer? And I thought that's an interesting topic of conversation. And I can think of examples in both directions. Um, but I'm curious to hear what your experiences are there, Mandy, because you're the one who brought it up. You know what? It's interesting. I... I almost always, when it comes to beer, I almost always vote with my dollars or vote with my wallet or buy beer from brewery. An, an easier way to say it is just buying beer from breweries that um, I guess I, I respect for their their practices. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not that consumer in every category or I don't shop that way in every category. 
But I guess when it comes to beer as a brewery owner, I take it, I don't know if it's I take it more seriously or um, I guess I just have a more of like an insider perspective or view on the industry. Uh, and so more often than not, yeah, I, I find that that I, I do that, whether it be on draft at a bar or a restaurant or as I'm walking through the LCBO, it's one of the reasons you won't often find me at a beer store, period. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and the decision is pretty, pretty straightforward when I go to Jay's games. I, I guess I tried last year to, uh, to have a dry season at Jay's games and just not buy beer in the stadium at all. Yeah. Um, totally. way through the, the season, I sort of wavered a little bit on that, uh, that approach, but so far this year I've been to a few games and not, not purchased a beer yet for that, that very reason. Um, I don't know, but I don't, I don't shop that way in other categories and many consumers do. So I'm curious if you, if you operate the same way, Chris. Yeah. I mean, certainly, <clears throat> pardon me, certainly within beer, I do to, to, as I was to back say to some extent, almost always, but there are probably some exceptions there, especially if I take some time to think about it. But, uh, the example that you brought up, um, wasn't really such a concern because it wasn't really a product that I personally bought all that much. Um, although I am involved in selling it, there's a bit of a hint, but I digress. But there is a brewery that did get some bad press for its packaging. And I don't have easy access to their products, but even if I did, I wouldn't buy their products because of the nature of their packaging, regardless of what's in it. That's just not on. It's just not on. Now, the balance to that would be, I do drink Red Racer IPA from time to time, and that's a label that is also at least somewhat objectifying. So I'm not 100% compliant, to be sure. And, uh, you know... There's always going to be some level of room for interpretation. <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't want everyone, for fear of offense, to move to just, you know, black aerial font on white background packaging, because then it's there's nothing, no chance of anybody getting offended. Um, but I also think that there are times when it's pretty blatant that, that the producer's in the wrong. And yeah, in, in those cases, I don't. There's another brewery that's got a notable line of beers and they're often at festivals and I don't give them my tokens because I just think for one, it's kind of juvenile what they're doing. And for two, it's just not it's just not appropriate. So, okay, this, so this is interesting. We're kind of talking about this in two different ways. I was just referring to, I guess, breweries practices in general. Um, right, and, and me, I dove right on to yeah, you're No, no. And that's OK. This is good, really good conversation. So. Um, for you, you're, it sounds like you're talking specifically about sexism or choices around branding that um, could be derogatory. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. And that it for me, that's, I guess, one element of the way in which I'm talking about a brewery's practices. So as an example, um, I'll I'll call it two breweries um, that I, oh boy. I really respect. No, that I really respect oh. for their practices. <laughs> 
And when given the choice, if they if their beer is available, um, I'll often choose them because I, I really respect their, their practices and the way they treat their employees and the way they go to market generally. And so two of those breweries are Steam Whistle and Bose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they do a lot of a lot of great things in the community as well as just internally um, as someone as a, I guess an onlooker from afar um, and everything that I, I've known about them has always been positive. Uh, so I'll, I'll often make choices around the beer if it's a style. Well, steam whistle, it's one style, but um, yeah. <laughs> if it's a style I'm really into or if that's the style of beer that I happen to be craving in that instance, um, I'll, I'll make the choice around, around that brewery. However, there are other breweries, um, whether they be some of the macros um, or even other craft breweries that that don't always operate in ways, I guess, that are aligned with my own values. And so as a result, when I'm faced with choices at the taps or at the shelf um, or at a festival, I'll, I'll make those choices in a way that I guess reflects my, my own values and I'll, I'll vote with my, my wallet. And I think that extends beyond, uh, at least for me, it extends beyond even just the, the sexism, sexism aspect um, or the, the woman in beer issue. Mm-hmm. And I mean, <clears throat> a really good example uh, where I kind of align with you would be, you know, you're meeting a friend for a beer and they've suggested the bar. <laughs> never, never let that happen. <laughs> no, it's, it's best just to suggest right out of the gate. But anyway, you found yourself in that situation. You're at a bar and it's an ABI house or it's a Molson Coors house or whatever. I like Creamore as a beer. I like most of the products that they make. I think they're really solid beers. I really enjoy them. But if I'm in a bar and there's the usual like Canadian and, and Coors Light and junk like that, and then a Creamore product, but they have one tap even if I'm, even if I think it's probably old and stale, if it's you know a steam whistle or a welly or something like that, I'll buy that one. Even though I think the Creamore is probably in better shape, and I might even technically enjoy the Creamore more. That would be a total example of being like that's telling the bar, hey, I value that company and what they do over these guys who do something I dislike. Well, that's one of the main reasons I would I would almost always choose Steam Whistle in that specific example. Totally. And it's the, safe. That's almost always there now. <laughs> and yeah, not not even just availability wise, but you you know they have Team Clean running around taking care mm-hmm. of those lines. So nothing's worse than a, a beer poured from a, a filthy line, right? Especially yeah. a beer of that style. And so yeah, I, I I know it's something I can trust, so it's something I gravitate toward when I'm in a a Navy InBev or a Molson house. Um, but what do you do, Chris, when you're, when you're faced with, uh, when you're faced with no craft options? <clears throat> this is going to sound really petty, <laughs> but it kind of depends. Uh, if now, okay. I know. I'm, no, you know what? I was going to pick a bit of a fight about your definition of non-craft. We can leave that. That doesn't have to be discussed <laughs> we don't need again, to go there and again, again and there. again and again and again. If there are no, according to the BA, <laughs> craft available options, uh, I have sort of a scale of what I'll take from the big guys and what I won't. And so Creamore, almost always yes. Um, 
Well, now, Moosehead's in a bit of a weird spot, but if there were a Moosehead product, whether it's just stock Moosehead or the like their Boundary Ale, which was really nice, definitely take that. Uh, kind of depending on the, um, the requirement socially, if that makes sense. Sometimes when you're out, you don't have to have a beer, but it's like you're going to have a beer. That's probably the thing to do. If that's the implication, then I may get a Rickards or something along that line. Things that I don't have are the big brands pretty much ever, unless somebody were to buy it for me without asking and handed it to me, in which case I would politely drink it. Cause I always say a friend, no, a beer offered in friendship is a good beer. But anyway, um, I won't drink, um, a shock top ever. I now, at least at a, a major bar like that, wouldn't have an organic or a tank house. I, I wouldn't have uh, a Keith's, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so there's a bit of, yeah, there's a bit of a gray area in there that I, I'm comfortable with. Uh, and the answer to the question maybe that you don't care about is if those are the only things and there isn't my choices that I would, then I would drink gin or whiskey. Yeah, see, that's where I was headed next is like, do you use that as an opportunity to drink something other than beer? Because sometimes I find like we're so surrounded by beer all the time that most of the time in the establishments that I'm frequenting whenever I get the chance to get out, which is fairly infrequently, um, it's like I, I want to try the new the new beers and all the things I haven't tasted uh, and really explore. But if I end up at one of those places that a friend has suggested, God forbid, um, where there really aren't any beer options that are of interest to me or um, that I, I really just wouldn't choose for, I guess, political reasons. Um, I'll, I'll often use that as an opportunity to drink my, and this is such a lame option, but I, I do have a soft spot for Caesar. So I'll often mm. um, choose a Caesar or even use it as an opportunity to drink wine um something that i kind of miss and i I don't really get into as often as i used to Mm -hmm. um but typically speaking if the beer selection is fairly limited and the establishment doesn't really demonstrate that they care a great deal about good beer the same is often true of their wine list Mm -hmm. not always but that is often the case yeah i i would tend to agree with that um, but I'm much, much less of a wine snob than I am a beer nerd. So <laughs> it works all right for me. Yeah. Uh, you'd kind of mentioned earlier on about other uh, spheres than uh, than than in beer. And uh, we actually we were, were just laughing at dinner, Eric and I. Uh, we were having uh, oh, some delicious veggie burgers. Good golly, that was a good dinner. And beautiful oven roasted spuds. Oh, anyway. We are a family that has the ability to be a little bit more choosy about what we choose at grocery stores. We're certainly not wealthy. We're at least not by Toronto standards. Um, I always like to say we're not wealthy by Toronto standards. We're very wealthy globally. But we are able to not have to just get the the you know, the most inexpensive option and, and just get by. And so we do get to vote with our dollars. And so a, a very uh, visible uh, debate recently, of course, was ketchup. Hmm. And, and Heinz 
everyone's saying pulling out their operations. That's not really true. My understanding is what they did was they just stopped buying from Canadian producers in favor of American producers, which when you consider what's happening with the Canadian dollar is understandable. That's an American company. They're paying a serious, serious markup on those Canadian dollar tomatoes. So I don't necessarily begrudge them the business decision, but I do still value being able to support local farmers. So we didn't immediately make the jump to the French's brand, uh, I confess, because we had a, uh, a thing of Heinz in the fridge. And I'll say, for those of you who know me really well, I actually do make ketchup, but my kids don't like it. So we do tend to still get the predominantly sugar red sauce that people call ketchup. But when we were buying the Heinz, we would always get the organic, which I realized when the fiasco took place, doesn't use Canadian tomatoes at all. The organic tomatoes are all American anyway. And so the last time we were at the grocery store and we needed some ketchup and we stood in the ketchup aisle and (laughs) this is like the most ridiculous thing. We're standing in the ketchup aisle, reading labels and debating the relative merits of one ketchup over the other. (laughs) So... We could still buy the same Heinz organic that we'd been buying all along. But in the knowledge that Heinz had stopped supporting Canadian farmers, that product wouldn't have supported Canadian farmers no matter what. But we would be giving income to a company that had intentionally stopped supporting Canadian farmers. Or we could buy the not organic certified French's which, of course, very publicly made clear that they were going to continue using Canadian tomatoes. Now, I will insert an aside. Primo made a really interesting campaign because not only do they use Canadian tomatoes, but they are actually a Canadian company. French's and Heinz are both American. Uh, but they did not have Primo at the Loblaws that I was shopping at. They did have Canuck Pale Ale, but not Primo ketchup. Well, it's a fairly new thing, right? Primo getting into the ketchup category. Totally, yeah. That's like, it's, like, it's brand new. And Loblaws yeah. is probably one of the toughest nuts to crack. So, anyway... So we were we and we were debating it. Well, which do we value more, <laughs> supporting organic or supporting local? Well, we opted for local and we bought the French's, and so, and we felt pretty confident with that decision. And then just tonight at dinner, Erica noticed on the label, for every bottle of French's ketchup you buy, French's makes a donation to, and I think it even said it was a Canadian charity, because certainly it's Canadian labeling, to buy a meal for a low-income family, like a, like an at-risk family. And so I was like, oh, 100% right decision right there. Like, charitable donation on the purchase, Canadian, to, 100% the right decision. Heinz's, you're dead to me. You might have 57 flavors, but I don't care about any of them. So, so yeah. Sometimes I do. I also do it a lot with clothing. I will... Now, I buy a lot of my clothing used, which is funny. Uh, but even I don't think in the, that's funny. That's a, that's a good example of owning your dollars right there. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And even in the used market, I will always choose a product made in a country where standards are better or totally acceptable than one that's worse. And down to things like I just bought a pair of boots uh, because I needed like good walking boots to uh, work at the post office. And there are boots that you can buy that are made in Canada that are really good quality boots. 
but for simplicity and ease of use and beautiful design, probably the nicest boot on the market is Blundstone, and it's made in Australia. And so in addition to having a boot that performs well and is well made and well designed, it also has the benefit of being produced by workers who are 100% getting paid equitable payment and are have have government protections to ensure their fair treatment and that stuff matters the, actually funny enough i'm gonna sound like i've got like a thing for australia the microphone i'm talking into is a road microphone road microphones are made in australia they're not made in asia they're they're made in australia and that's important like again this is not something that's being mass produced by somebody who who may or may not literally be enslaved it's something that's being produced by people who are earning good incomes in safe, secure jobs. And that's really important. And so this microphone costs a little bit more than a comparable one made by a very reputable company, but produced in, I think the one I was looking at was produced actually in, uh, uh, it wasn't in China. It might've been in Taiwan. I've forgotten now. But anyway, the point is, no, I'm going to, I'm going to buy from the company that is opting to produce its products in in places where it can ensure that the people who are working for them are being treated fairly. And that's really important to me. I'm with you, Chris, although I'll, I'll admit to having purchased some of my wardrobe from the grocery store on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but, hard because it's right there. Right. And it's uh, it's affordable and it's convenient and it looks okay. And I don't have a lot of time to go seeking out other things. So convenience is an element that's important to me when I when I make decisions about how to spend a buck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I try to make those those similar decisions. But just sort of sitting back and listening to you talk about this, it kind of makes me laugh, laugh at ourselves and then also be grateful in a way that we that we're able to, I guess, mm-hmm. impact. Um, society with our our dollars and make make changes i guess or uh, i guess tell large companies about how we we feel Um, absolutely but at the same time it all it also kind of makes me laugh that uh i don't know it it just sounds like it it can sound a little bit silly at times to to some i guess that that must be how we sound about beer to certain people Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, and it absolutely is. That's a good parallel. Because there are times when, like, I don't, I don't make an effort to go out and talk about the fact that I make these decisions, and this is how I choose what I buy. If it comes up, certainly I discuss it. If, you know, I might even bring it up if it's appropriate, but I don't, I'm not knocking on people's doors and explaining to them no, how, no, no. how I purchase, mm-hmm. but... When it does come up, frequently the response from people is like ranges from like bemusement to like downright confusion where they're just like, why does that matter? Because a lot of people don't, I don't want to say don't care about other people. That's not what the problem is. I think the thing is a lot of people don't appreciate that their decisions and their actions have direct and very real impacts far outside of the area directly around them that they can see. And so they do go, I don't get it. Why would anyone care? And 
that's the it's not quite the same but it's the same response like you say that we get when we talk about beer the way we talk about beer with people who just don't get it they just go why do you care it's just something that's cold and wet and has some alcohol in it and it's like no 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 it's 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 so much more than that there's so much more going on there that you just don't see and you like want people to see and it's, yeah it's, it's, it's a really good insight so bringing it back to the beer piece are there other ways in which you'd say you would vote for your dollar when it comes to beer or other other elements of a a brewery or um, beers themselves that really make you say yay or nay when you're making a decision to purchase yep and and actually i i don't have a list written down but i can probably reverse engineer the way that i choose a beer if i sit down in a bar i go to um the only or uh, even the Grover. Grover's right by my house. And the Grover has a pretty interesting rotating selection of beers. So right off the top, there's preference. So you're presented with, you know, 12 or 18 or 24, whatever beers, right? Some of them are gone right away because I don't want that right now. Right. Okay. So that's easy. And you mean just based on that. style? Yeah. Yeah. It's just not what I feel like drinking right now. I don't want. Yep. Agreed. You know, yeah, I, don't, I don't feel like having a Kolsch. I don't feel like having a stout. Right. So you've narrowed it down. Now, what's the next question? Certainly newness is an interesting factor, and that can almost that can almost always trump everything, where it's like, oh, I haven't had that, I'll probably have that. Once that's eliminated, uh, probably the first thing is, is this a small brewery who I want to support? So, and I mean, the Grover is the perfect example. It goes like this. Oh, is there a Muddy York on? I'll have that. No? Is there a left field on? Cool, I'll have that. Why do we okay, come second? Else? Because in my because the next step that I haven't talked about is geography. And in my immediate area, the brewery size range goes <laughs> Muddy York, left field, Amsterdam. So that's that's just pure volume, right? So I I say that. I say, do I want to support uh, a brewery that doesn't have you know mass market uh, penetration and then it becomes pure geography which one's closest and likely to be freshest and if for some reason i still haven't been able to make up my mind at that point then uh it's it, it might get a bit more esoteric oh and sorry i forgot to mention there's sort of a binary switch in there of is this a brewery whose business practices I can agree with? Are they sexist bastards or do they, you know, do really dirty, dirty sales techniques? That sort of stuff immediately disqualifies you from consideration. But yeah, I would say once we've dealt with the preferences, it's size of the brewery and, and my desire to support them, followed by geographical location, followed by uh, what was the third one? <laughs> I've forgotten the third one already. Fresh, freshness? Yeah, that was fresh and local. But anyway, so yeah. But yeah, uh, in in the consideration, that would be the, the way that I would do it. Did that even answer your question? I've gotten totally sidetracked here. Yep. No, yeah, 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 that does. That, that, that does. So would you say that you have a short list of breweries that are just completely off of your consideration set? Yes. <laughs> do you want to know who they are? Well, I'm fairly certain that you won't... Uh... You won't publish it, but go for it. Yes, well, I would like no, to know. In, okay, so craft breweries, are there any that are right out? Yeah. There, yeah, there's the two that I've indirectly alluded to who have bad labeling, bad 
beer branding. They're both in Ontario. Uh, there is three more in Ontario that have violated the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me uh, policy. And their quality Based on is what, just the quality of the beer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. poor quality. And not just poor quality, because I'm not just talking about that's a mediocre beer. I'm talking about that's a problematic beer. <laughs> like making, you know, like noticeable flavors or freshness issues. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Bad. Even it could be bad recipe. But like the difference between releasing a beer that's just very mediocre versus a beer that's actually bad. And I'll take a boring bad or bad beer. recipe over an off flavor or freshness issue any day. Yeah, I would uh, I would make a separation there between boring and bad. Boring is fine. It just it's it's boring. You haven't done anything to excite me. And I'm not like a, a trend hopper, as we've talked about in the past. I'm not looking for the latest and greatest, but you can make a really, really boring IPA, right? Like mm-hmm. it's totally possible. You can also make a really bad IPA. Without getting into off flavors, the IPA could be yes, uh, like really tannic or it could be really hot with booze or there are problems that can happen with an IPA or with any beer that aren't technically off flavors. It's not a flaw. It's just badly made. And that's not OK. And flaws, God help you. You know, if, if I get a beer and it's it's got like some notable brewing flaws especially when it's one that you know 100% was there when it left the brewery, that's like, you're almost dead to me at that point. That's inexcusable. I agree. What about you, Mandy? Uh, do you have a way of selecting a beer? Yeah, I do. I think uh, my process starts the same as yours, so it'll be style that I'm interested in, style that will go well with what I'm going to be eating, mm-hmm. um, which is what one of the things that actually kind of frustrates me at a restaurant or in a dining experience at a great craft beer spot is when you sit down and the server or bartender will ask you within seconds, what can I get you to drink? What can I get you to drink? I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I need some water, firstly. Secondly, I need to look at a menu and try to get some sense of what I might want to eat so I can pick a beer that's going to taste great. Mm-hmm. And I realize how ridiculous that might sound, but I often feel a lot of pressure to order a beer quickly when I start to occupy a seat at a restaurant. And I really do like to take my time to make a selection of something that I'm going to enjoy and that's going to go really well with what I'm going to eat. Totally. Um, I can hear like the snobbery no, coming out of my voice as I no. say that and how ridiculous it might sound. But one of the one of the policies or like guiding principles that we have in our shop is do everything possible to try and not make the person that you're serving feel pressured to make a decision quickly firstly Mm -hmm. you want to make them feel comfortable and welcome secondly you want to make them feel like they can ask questions and that they have all the time they need to choose and really we're not just sort of staring at them waiting for their beer to be ordered but i mean the thing like i know what you mean the, the concern about like sounding snobberific about this or whatever but it's literally a matter of being like, you see people, you hand them the menus. You go, hey, do you guys want me to grab you some waters to start up? And they go, yeah. And you go and you do that. And you do some other stuff because you're a server. Like you don't tend to one table at a time. And when you come back and you put the waters down, 
it's the difference between saying, what do you want to drink? And do you want a bit more time to look over the menus and figure out what you want to eat and drink? Or can I get you something? Can I get you something started now? Yeah, like exactly. it's, it's the simplest wording. So it's basic. so easy, but people do it wrong so often. Way too so. often. So that's number one is what style am I craving tonight? Like, what do I, what do I feel like drinking? Mm-hmm. Um, followed by, I guess, have I had that before, but I won't select a beer simply because it's new. Um, I'll, I'll, Although I do have a subset, I guess, of breweries that if I see something from them that's new that I've not had, if it's within the range of styles that I'm considering drinking, I'll almost always choose it because I know I can trust them to make really great beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are, I guess, a second subset of breweries that I really have to be craving that style and have no other options available for that style uh, if I'm going to select that beer from them because it's new. Mm -hmm. And then there are is a list, probably probably a longer list than you would have, I'd say, of breweries where they don't make bad beer. They make beer that's fine or good or at times even great. Uh, and I just, I guess I don't respect the way they go to, the way they go to business. Mm-hmm. Um, the types of deals that they do or the way that they acquire <laughs> new accounts. Um, that will prevent me from ever selecting their beer, unfortunately. And the only way I ever really drink their beer is if they are the only option of craft beer available in an establishment or if someone purchases a beer for me. Otherwise, I, I would just simply not spend my own money on choosing their beer. Totally. And I agree, your list is probably longer than mine. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I think I feel like it's kind of sad though, because I feel like it limits as someone who enjoys craft beer. Um, I have a whole subsection of breweries that are, have kind of become off the table for me. And mm. I almost regret that in a way. Mm-hmm. It's well, like, I don't know. It's like, I see things, um, from a perspective that I wish I could unsee. Yeah. It, I remember, this is nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it's a useful uh, metaphor. Talking to Adrian Popovich, who is a very accomplished brewer in the city. Is he still at Cool? I'm not sure. As far as I'm aware, yes. I think he is. But early, 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 early on, we were talking about, uh, early on for me, I should say, in, in the scene, talking about uh, drinking beer. And I'd asked him, do you ever just drink a beer and not intentionally taste it? Like, just drink it, just drink a beer. And he was like, no, <laughs> he's like, I can't. And I was like, really? And he said, it's totally the matrix. It's red pill, blue pill. He's like, once you take that pill and you start seeing the way that things work, you can't unsee it. And it's funny because I totally get what he was talking about. I can't just drink a beer anymore. But it, it works the same with what you're talking about, where once you kind of peel that layer away and see how the things work, it, it changes it for you. And you can't you can't you can't act the same anymore. My I'm going to sound really preachy here, but I, I, I uh, you know, took a group of kids down to Nicaragua last year. We're going down again next year. 
and we went and worked on a coffee farm. I was already really aware of a lot of the issues that face coffee farmers in the third world, which is almost exclusively where coffee's grown. I had no illusions about what we were going into, but something about doing that and talking to the owners and talking to the migrant harvesters and being part of that just changed. And it didn't just change coffee <laughs> to the point now where I won't buy coffee or chocolate or sugar or vanilla if it isn't either fair trade certified or at least verifiably ethically produced. And there's a couple of different ways that can happen. Uh, Rainforest Alliance is a really good example. But if I can't afford to pay the slightly higher premium on those products to get the ethically produced one, I can't buy it. And it's because I've taken that blue pill. My vision's changed. And it sucks sometimes because sometimes you just want a f***ing Kit Kat, you know, but I can't. It's it's just I can't do it. I want the thing, but the ethics just prevent it. And so I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, it's something I, I wish I could undo. And I also don't at the same time. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. Well, dear friends at home. Consider what your dollars say, where you spend them and who you're giving them to, because they do mean a lot. And as Mandy noted, it can get a little bit silly sometimes. It, it, it's ridiculous to think that we have that level of impact in our lives, but you, you really do. This isn't like go out and vote in the election because every vote counts, even though if you understand statistics, a single vote really has virtually no impact. This is like real live dollars and cents, literally, and it is important. And, you know, we're not well, telling you... it is the you... same thing, except you are, you are quite literally voting yeah. every single day with every decision you make about how you spend your money. Absolutely. And, and I so, know that's a lot of pressure, and it's, a, yeah. it's an overwhelming thing to think of, but it's, that's truth. It's reality. Yeah. yeah, and far be it to say that we're saying make the same choices we make, but at least be conscious of those decisions, those choices, because that I think is probably the worst thing in the world. And I go back to what I was talking about when people say, what does it matter? What does it matter? Oh my gosh. I can't even begin to tell you what it matters. What it, what it matters is, are you giving your money to an international conglomerate that's worth literally hundreds of billions of dollars and could care less, couldn't care less. I can't believe I just stumbled over that word. <laughs> couldn't care less for their frontline employees, or is it supporting a company that employs a handful of people, treats them amazing, and is providing them with stable, secure income, and more than that, an experience that benefits them and, and improves them and improves their community? That is what that dollar or those $6 of beer you're buying is making a difference on. Now, hey, you want to put your money wherever you want. That's fine. Just don't have any illusions what that means when you spend those dollars. One thing I want to add, Chris, is that you mentioned large companies and small companies. It's I don't want consumers to always think that large companies are bad and small companies mm. are good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely that, not, because that, you 100% have blacklisted some pretty small companies for really shady it, business practices. It's not just in the world of beer. I think there are no, some absolutely not. large companies in many categories that should be 
commended for the way they do business. Did you see this this uh, video going around the internet a couple of days ago? It was a guy who has a yogurt company in the United States. Yeah, the Chiobani. Yeah, and and so if you haven't seen the video, this guy uh, brought all his workers in for like a meeting, and it's huge. It's like a billion dollar industry or something now, isn't it? Like it's a massive company anyway, and told them the company is still my company. It's privately owned. I own it, but when the time comes that I sell or we list publicly or whatever, all of you are getting cut in uh, collectively to equal about 10% of the uh, value of the company, which doesn't sound like much. It is a billion dollars because I remember 10% was going to be about a million dollars each. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Like that's a huge company doing fantastic things it's funny until that video came around i had always just assumed that that brand was owned by one of the big guys yeah like nestle or something like that. yeah totally i just assumed because they had such uh such great presence in grocery i just thought oh yeah they must be a big guy nestle on the other hand a bunch of absolute assholes but i digress (laughs) um what do you got coming up mandy how are you voting with your dollars in the next couple of weeks what do I have coming up? Um, well, we always like to throw to the only beer fest. So we have one of those coming up next weekend on the 14th. Is it? 13th and 14th, the spring beer oh. fest on the only patio. So we're there on uh, on the Saturday afternoon, Austin. One of our brewers will be pouring there. Um, You're there on Saturday. Sorry? You're there on Saturday. Yeah. Are you around? Are you there? No, I am, but I... Well, in the interest of openness and sharing, uh, on Monday, the 16th or 15th, whatever it is, that Monday after, I'm in for my regular biennial, every other year, uh, colonoscopy to ensure that I do not have colon cancer, which you do not want to have, kids. So I probably will be starting the prep on Saturday, which means I could drink beer, but you wouldn't want me to be at the only cafe unless they were serving me beer next to the bathroom. So... Maybe Friday, though. It'd be good to get out there Friday night. Yeah, it's always, a good, regardless of which day you uh, you hit it up, it's always a good time. Yep. Uh, so we have that coming up. And then, what else is going on? I have uh, some stuff happening in June, but we have a lot of time to talk about that still. Yeah, I got a couple uh, If you are interested that. in going to the Bison's bus trip that we've mentioned previously mm-hmm. on the Tickets podcast, are now on sale. the... Uh, the seats from Leftfield Brewery are sold out. And we do have two coach buses going this year, so the seats from Leftfield Brewery are sold out, but we have a second bus that's leaving from Union Station. We still have some seats left on that, so you can uh, find those tickets at leftfieldbrewery.ca slash events. Um, aside from that, that's really what's top of mind for me right now. What do you have going on, Chris? A lot of nothing right now, which is kind of nice. Some Very... more home brewing and award entries? Well, don't know about the the entries, but definitely some homebrew. Uh, that'll be good. I uh, yeah, I, I think I think I might actually do some stuff I like doing this week, and so uh, maybe do some beer reviews. Haven't done one of those in a while. Uh, actually, the last beer I reviewed was anniversary number three. Can you believe that? Oh, that's been a while. A couple months. It's been a while, but uh, I've got a video with. Jordan from Reinhard that I would really love to knock off. So 
look for that maybe coming up soon. That'd be fantastic. But uh, other than that, just just hanging out, hoping this gray, wet, cold weather goes away soon. Because you and me both, it's not great for beer sales. I'll be honest. It is not, and I still have my winter tires on my car. Ugh. We just uh, took the ski rack off the off the truck this week. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of so, makes yeah. a whistling noise as you drive on the highway, and so. I guess it's about 10 hours to Philly and they didn't really want to listen to that. So it's off. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what we got, guys. Uh, do this again in like two weeks, I think. You don't have anything. Well, No, two weeks from now, I have a colonoscopy. PSA, kids. Don't die of embarrassment. If you think you got something wrong, get that checked out, okay? Talk to your doctor. They're pretty cool with that stuff. So two weeks or so, once I've come down off of the fantastic drugs... We'll get together and do it all over again. You have a good night, Mandy. Sounds good. You too, Chris. Talk to you in two weeks.